We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Ciapala. Oh, boy. It's over, folks. It's true. It's true. It's true. The, the 2017 Los Angeles Rams season is over. But hey, we've got your back. We're going to go ahead and look forward to next year. We're going to take a look at everything ranging from free agency all the way down to, well, the schedule. Today, we're not going to stick around long. We just kind of want to kind of have that moment in time where we move from that playoff loss and start looking to next year. One of the first things I want to talk to you about is the schedule itself because 
it's indicative of the change for the Rams. Now, the Rams, for some reason, even with last-place schedules or third-place schedules, over the course of the last three, four years, they've, they've had several really, really tough schedules. Next year's schedule is probably the hardest schedule that they have had in five, six years, maybe more. How hard? Well, let's take a look at it. Home next year, the Green Bay Packers. That's with Aaron Rodgers back in the loop. The Minnesota Vikings. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Los Angeles Chargers. The Philadelphia Eagles. The San Francisco 49ers. The Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. That's just the home schedule. We'll talk about where we expect those teams to be throughout this offseason, but just on first glance... That is the toughest home schedule the Rams have had in years. And it's not really even any close. This is not close. Now, for the away schedule, there is some room there. There is a little bit of room there. Still tough. It's at the Chicago Bears. That tough Bears defense. New head coach coming in might just turn around the offense. We'll see. The Detroit Lions, middling team right now, bringing a new head coach as well. The Denver Broncos, we have no idea where the Denver Broncos are going to be. They're, they still have plenty of talent there, but they seem to be in flux. Need a quarterback. They'll probably draft another one. The Oakland Raiders, which I think is safe to assume they will be better next year. John Gruden leading the charge. He'll get his hands on Derek Carr. Greg Olson will be there running the offense. It should be a better team. Defensively, they'll be better. I expect the Raiders to bounce back and probably even win the AFC West next year. Then the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints, a talent-laden team. Just depends on who's quarterbacking the next year. Drew Brees should be. He's looked great. He's also going to be 40. So I'm going to assume he's back, but we'll see. The 49ers again on the road, the Seahawks, and the Cardinals. Folks, that's a brutal schedule. That is a heck of a schedule. I've mentioned this before, but there's a really good chance the Rams could come back next year with a better football team, but somehow finish with a worse record. Think of it this way. The 49ers next year will have a fourth-place schedule. Think about that, a fourth-place schedule. Let's take a look at who their opponents are next year. The 49ers, they will play at home the Bears, Chicago Bears. The Detroit Lions, Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders. We, we've seen that. They will play the New York Giants. They'll have the Seahawks. They'll have the Rams. They'll have the Cardinals. Away, they'll have the Packers, the Vikings, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the NFC South last place finisher, Tampa Bay. See where we're going here? Seattle, the Rams, and Cardinals. So there's at least two games there. There are two games there with much tougher opponents. So the 49ers pretty much enter next year with a two-game advantage on the Rams based on the schedule difference. Not a fun place to be, and this 49er team is going to be better next year. They will probably enter the season as one of the favorites to win the division. And based on tough, you know, on the strength of schedule, I would assume that in the end, the 49ers will have that advantage. 
They're going to draft earlier. They have room to grow. We'll see what they do, but the San Francisco 49ers are a legit challenger for the Rams next year. Now the argument we're going to get is, well, hey, you know, they still finished 6-10. Garoppolo, he really didn't face any major opponents towards the end there. That's true. He didn't face many you know, opponents. He faced a Rams second and third team. He faced a damaged Titan secondary. I get it. I saw the 49ers play firsthand this, this year. They're going to be a good football team. They're getting better defensively. They're starting to find their way offensively. They're finding playmakers. It's just what we've always wanted. We've always wanted a Los Angeles Rams-San Francisco 49ers rivalry in the West with the Seahawks having to retool now, the Cardinals having to retool. We might just get that for a couple years. We might actually get that old-school Rams-49ers rivalry. Oh, and speaking of the Seahawks and Cardinals, both of them still have very good front offices. I don't expect them to go away, but looking at the schedules right now, the Rams and 49ers are in the driver's seat in terms of where they're going to be. That's the bottom line. So, what are the things the Rams have to solve in this offseason? Let's outline them. Let's go ahead and put those things kind of in perspective of where we're going. The Rams have to deal with a couple different areas. The first thing they need to deal with, Aaron Donald. He's going to cost you about $20 million a year. Think about that. The Rams have uh, close to $53 million in cap space. About $20 million of that per year right now is going to go to Aaron Donald. And maybe a little more, depending on if they front load it, maybe a little less if they back load it. And this is something I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. The argument that I'm seeing online is, you know what, you still have them under control for a couple more years. Why don't you wait? And I think there are two reasons why you don't wait to re-sign him. First, do you really want to risk ticking off your best player, the face of your franchise, at least on defense, he's the face of your franchise. Do you want to tick him off? Do you want to upset him? I don't think you do. Second, Aaron Donald is, you know, he's entering his prime. He is going to want that long-term contract. He's also going to want the money. So let's just say the Rams find a way to convince him to wait. Let's just say that Aaron Donald finally signs that big dollar contract, and he signs it two years down the road. Well, right now he's 26. He'll turn 27 in May. Let's just say he asks for and gets a six-year deal. That's probably what he's going to want all along. He's going to want that whether he's 27 or 28, or he's going to want it when he's 29 or 30. Is it better for the Rams to get their money's worth while he's younger? I say that because as he gets older, his build is different. His dominance is based partially on how fast he is, how he's able to get underneath players with that speed. What happens when he's up above 30, when he's got more wear and tear on his body? 31, 32. He doesn't have the height to carry more weight to change his game. At least I don't think so. He's got that build for speed and aggression. That's what makes him good now. It might not make him so good at age 31, 32. So my argument would be pay him now. 
pay him what he's worth now because he might not be worth that at age 32. And you might have him age 32, 31. You might be paying him upwards of $20 million plus for a package that's not worth the money. I don't mean that as a fest towards Aaron Donald. It's a natural progression of age. We've seen plenty of bad contracts over the course of time. He's earned the right to a big contract. But if you're the Rams, you also want your money's worth. You also want the Rams to, shall I say, get back what they're putting in. Let's go to another sport, for example. Let's go to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. At age 32, they signed Albert Pujols to a 10-year, $250 million deal. How's that contract worked out for them? It's killed their roster. It's taken away all the flexibility for the Angels possible to keep them contending at a high level. And now you have Mike Trout out there, their real superstar, who really hasn't had a whole lot of help. Pujols, as he's gotten older, his numbers have dropped, and he's not really worth $25 million a year. The Angels paid him for what he has already done, what he did with the Cardinals, not what he was going to do. At $25 million a year, you're expected to be an MVP. Albert Pujols hasn't been that MVP. Take this back to the Rams. The Rams, if they wait and sign him as a 28-year-old, expect a five- or six-year deal, now you're paying on $20 million as a 33, maybe 34-year-old. There's no guarantees at that age. There's no guarantees now, but you know how good he is now. You know that if you pay him now, you're going to get your money's worth over the next couple of years, and you have him happy. You have him ready to go. You have him as a team leader. Do you want to risk upsetting him by making him wait for his money while he also ages? I don't think it's worth it. Pay him now. Pay him now. Maybe you have to work out other issues as well first. But pay the man now. Don't wait. Get your money's worth out of him. And, you know, let him let him be a ram. Make sure he's a ram throughout the rest of his prime. It sounds a little heartless when you're saying get your money's worth out of him, as if he's a property. Well, in a way he is, he's also a human being. And you want to pay the human being what he feels he's worth. But I also doubt at age 33 and 34, he's going to be worth $20 million plus a year. But he's now... To pay him what he's worth now. Don't make him wait another year or two for a contract. Don't make the longer deal extend deeper into his 30s. Do it now where you get him for his prime and you have him happy. That's my view on it, folks. That's And that's the number one priority right now, I think, for the offseason. There are others. There are several others to talk about. But in this case, where do we start? I think it starts with your star. It starts with Aaron Donald. Get him happy. Make the man happy. He is your future. He is the guy who will carry you all the way. All right. So now that that's figured out, now that we've talked that through, other things the Rams have to worry about. And, and we're going to have this debate with the other guys too. We'll, we'll, we'll talk with Norm and get his views on Aaron Donald. We'll talk with Steve. We'll talk with the other guys and staff. We'll talk more with you are listeners, and we'll get your thoughts. And, and this is just my thought. This is just my opinion. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I can be wrong. I'm just one guy. I mean, there are several really intelligent football minds out there who have different views on what you do with Aaron Donald. But the consensus I'm seeing is pay the man. Pay him now. Don't make him wait. So there's where I'm going with that. How about this? What do you do with Marcus Joyner? 
the guy played out of his head this year as a, as a safety. And he's really been doing it for a year now. The market for him, probably going to be around 11 to $12 million, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But that's a huge pay raise for the guy. And he and he's played him he's played his way into it. LaMarcus Joyner has earned the right for that contract. And quite frankly, I don't think anybody wants him to leave. I don't want him to be a Ram. So what do you do with him? That's one question to add on to the Donald question. What about Tavon Austin? The guy who played two stat uh the guy who played two snaps in the playoff game. What do you do with him? Can you get rid of him? Does he have a future with the Rams? I don't think he does. I mean, if he has a future with the team, why is he only playing two snaps? I don't see how that happens. What do you do with Tavon Austin? Can you trade him? With his contract right now, I don't know. Let's look at that contract. Tavon Austin's contract right now reads as it is, four years, $42 million. He's not scheduled to be a free agent until 2022. So right now, his cap hit, dead cap hit, is $5 million for next year. His overall cap hit is $8 million. So let's say it again, a dead cap hit, $5 million. And and also, by the way, if the, if the Rams had released him prior to this year, it would have been nearly a $20 million cap hit in terms of dead cap. I'm referencing his contract at sporttrack.com, by the way. It's still a pretty big hit, and it'll be something similar the longer the Rams keep him. it's The number's going to be there in terms of a dead cap hit. So what do you do with him? Geez, you know, I, I, I don't know. Right now it looks like, actually, I'm going to go back up here. I'm looking a little closer at his contract notes. This will probably be the year to let him go. You still take a $5 million cap hit. That's his potential out. This is what I'm reading from sporttrack.com. Still, $5 million is tough. You know, the strange thing about Tavon Austin is it's going to be sad to actually see him go because you can see flashes that he could be great in this league. But this might not be the team he does it with. It'll be yet another, yet another Ram that leaves a team that becomes somebody of value somewhere else. We've seen so many Rams leave and do that. And that's looking like it's what's going to happen. The Rams have to do something with him. He'll be hard to trade with that contract. Again, a $5 million dead cap hit, an overall cap hit of $8 million. That's a tough hit to take. I, I don't know what they do with him. Okay, who else here? Well, what do you do with Robert Quinn? Let's take a look at Robert Quinn's contract real quick. Robert Quinn, he, he oh boy, look at this contract. Robert Quinn's contract for 2018. He'll earn a base salary of $10.33 million and a roster bonus of $1.11 million. His cap hit for next year, $12.4 million. However, here's the big thing. His dead cap, 955000 955000 So now's probably the time to let him go or restructure. And he's another guy that you look at and think, well, he struggled quite a bit 
at the outside linebacker position for much of the year, but towards the end, he came on late. Can he salvage his career at the Rams? He's still only 27, folks. He's still only 27. And he'll become a free agent at age 29. I I wonder about this. I wonder, can he be salvaged? Can you restructure him? Maybe even extend him. Can he fit in a 3-4 system? Can you extend him with at, at a little bit of a cheaper rate and still keep him on the team? Again, it depends on how you evaluate Robert Quinn. He had moments this year, especially like he struggled in the 3-4 early. He did. There's no doubt about that. But look back at the film in the last part of the year, and you see a little bit of that old Robert Quinn back. The question is whether or not he can be a productive outside linebacker over the next couple of years. Will his body hold up? He's had back problems, I think, that may have may have bothered him this year a little bit. We'll see. So those are just some of the things we need to concern ourselves about for the offseason. There's more. What do you do at inside linebacker? Because Alec Ogletree really is better suited for outside linebacker. Mark Barron, what do you do with him? He's He makes a lot of good plays at inside linebacker, but he lacks size to be able to get in the gaps and make the moves needed in a 3-4. Can he be a hybrid again, working between safety and linebacker in this 3-4 scheme? I don't know. The Rams also need help at nose tackle. They need a little more run stopper in there. Michael Brockers is great on the line. He's better than we thought he was. The biggest thing about Michael Brockers is what he does for Aaron Donald. He frees up Aaron Donald to make the plays he makes. So there are several questions on the defense alone that need to be solved, plus Tavon Austin. Then there's the Sammy Watkins question. What do you do with Sammy Watkins? Well, Sammy, I I don't know. Do the Rams franchise him based on his potential? We've talked about that. Do the Rams let him go? And I have to be honest because I've watched this team for years operate without a number one receiver. It's hard. It's really hard. But here you finally have a guy who can be a number one receiver, has the potential to be, but maybe quite isn't there in line with you this year. Do you just let him go? What can he do to better his relationship with Jared Goff? Is it just a matter of getting more time in the offense? Is it just a matter of Jared Goff developing more as a quarterback? What do you do? So those are some of the questions we, we really want to ask and really need to be answered in the offseason. It's, it's a long way to go, guys. A serious long way to go. Okay, before we move on, I just want to go ahead and give a shout-out to the Golden Ram Barbershop. This is the place in Orange County where you can go to celebrate the Rams, talk some football year-round, especially Rams football with the owner, Sal Martinez. He opened up the shop the day the Rams left. The day the Rams left all those years ago, kept the lights on. You can find the shop at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Give them a call at 714 714- 894 Rams. Again, that's 714 894 Rams. He's by appointment. 
His hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. He's closed on Sundays. Just want to also throw this out there with Sal. The crazy thing for me, he told me this when we visited his shop, only about 10% of his customers are Rams fans. Crazy, right? I'll still talk football with anybody. Rams fans, go in there. and If you live in the area, go give him some support. He does a great thing. He's a real big believer in the Rams as an organization. He's a big believer in us, and we would love it if you would go out there and give the man some support. Use the promo code RAMSTALK to get a little bit off your haircut. And again, that's at 714-894-7267. If you want to sponsor us, Email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to bring you on board the team. We'd love to partner with you, you know, just to better our product and also help better yours. Finally, if you like what we do, if you like the fact that we love this team, that we focus on energy in this team, we focus on the history, that we focus on the present, that we look to the future, listen, help us out. Help us Bring attention to our podcast and our, our website, ramstalk.net. Go to iTunes. We could really use a five-star review. If you do so, with a, a written review there, a five-star review, you are automatically entered into the contest. Our contest right now running is once we receive the 100 five-star reviews, we will pick a lucky winner from that, from that stack of, of 100 people who put the five stars in for a $50 gift certificate over at nflshop.com. And to iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play. Check us out. We love hearing from you also. So if you have any feedback for us or have any questions or anything you want to cover on the show, again, you can email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. All right, moving on. Just kind of want to put an end to this podcast today, just talking a little bit about Jared Goff. Some of the feedback that I saw post-game was questioning Jared Goff's development. I don't really think that should be the question right now. Let's just be honest. The Rams made some mistakes on Saturday night. They did uncharacteristic mistakes. Pharaoh Cooper normally is not, he doesn't drop balls. He doesn't fumble balls, doesn't muff many punts. Probably as a young player trying to do too much, made some mistakes. Let's just be honest about what we saw on Saturday night. The Rams came out there and they played like a young team. Like a team that hadn't been there before. That's all it was. They faced a team that has been there before, that had obviously knew the offense the Rams run. They came out with a great game plan. They adjusted well to the things the Rams were doing, and they reacted to the mistakes the Rams made. I'm not so sure this is about the Rams losing as much as the Falcons winning. Everybody makes mistakes in the game. There's no perfect game played by any team out there, but the Falcons were able to capitalize on the mistakes the Rams made. At some point here, we have to get some credit to what the Falcons did. It doesn't mean the Rams didn't make mistakes. It doesn't mean the Rams lost the game. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, it does mean the Rams lost the game. Sorry. 
But it doesn't mean that the Rams were absolutely horrible. It just means that they got beat. There's always only going to be one winner. And the truth is they played like a team who hadn't been there before. Let's just be honest about that. And let's put that in context, Jared Goff. Let's look back to what he was on the field a year ago. A guy who looked very clueless. He lacked poise. He, he was making all kinds of throws off his back foot. He didn't know how to handle pressure. What I saw from Jared Goff on Saturday night was a guy who was really growing into his own as a quarterback. But he still has a way to go. But to all the Jared Goff haters out there, let's just be honest about what he was. He was a rookie this year, not last year, this year. Last year was a throwaway year under an offensive coordinator and head coach who didn't care to develop him. They didn't know what they were doing with him. Now you have a coach who is developing him, and it takes time. Young quarterbacks tend to rely on one to two reads, and that's what we saw from him. Let's just be honest about that. Did he get better as the year went on? Yes. He got better in the pocket. Look at his footwork. Look at how he moved under pressure. He constantly faced criticism for how he reacted under pressure. But you know what? There's a stark difference in his early season pressures compared to what we saw on Saturday night. The Falcons were on him all night, but he moved. He avoided so many different rushes. And he tried to make something out of nothing in good ways throughout the night. No, he wasn't perfect. He still has a way to go. Early on, you can see the nerves are there. He threw a lot of passes behind people. When he's off, he generally throws behind people. Or underthrows people a little bit. And he has to get that chemistry with Sammy Watkins. That's the biggest criticism anyone can have. What about Sammy Watkins? So if the Rams bring Sammy back, that's got to be a priority. If, they, if the Rams can get Sammy his in terms of his catches, that opens up the offense in a whole new world. And that, that generally comes with quarterback development. If Sammy's going deep, it takes longer to get that route developed. Meanwhile, Jared's doing a one-two read and then getting rid of the football. So we wonder why Sammy saw fewer targets. Well, because he's getting rid of the football faster. He's not allowing routes to develop. He's not falling through on reach because it takes more time for the longer routes. That's one reason. And, you know, some of it is just that he and Sammy didn't have the world's best rapport. And I think some blame also goes to Sammy. As I'm going through film on him now, I'm seeing mistakes Sammy made. Sammy's not a perfect receiver. All right. So that's where we are. We're going to continue this conversation over the course of the next month as we start talking about the draft, talking about different co- – this is just kind of a, a primer as to where we're going to go from here. It's going to be a long offseason. This is a key offseason for the Rams. But you know what? It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. For the rest of the Rams Talk crew, this is Banji and Derek Paul. Don't forget to check us on iTunes and all the rest of our outlets. Have a good one.
let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. DC police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.